A lot of excitement here, Charlie. I can feel a lot of energy. Martin Marlowe, episode 36. I feel like we mentioned Shaquille O'Neal every time we have a number in mind, right? 32. And then we're like, oh, wait, was he 33? No, then he took 34. Did you know he wore 36? Where at? The Suns? Boston Celtics. His last stop. I don't remember Shaquille playing for the Boston Celtics. Should I remember that? You should. Remember at the end there, he was doing a little bit of ring chasing. He did some Suns, I think, Cavs, right? Yeah. And Celtics. He looks really weird in the Celtics jersey. And he wore a 36. And I think our guy Kenny Wallace, 36, correct? Definitely. And I did Google this one. I'm seeing Jerome Bettis. Yep, the bus. Charlie, they called him the bus. They called him the bus from Detroit. You may have heard that he actually finished his career at the Super Bowl in his hometown of Detroit. No, I didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, the, he's... I'm looking at this uh, Bleacher Report article. He's apparently the best ever athlete to wear the number 36. Others of note. Try to take oh. a guess. Is this, all, is this show prep? Well, no, I just Googled it right oh, when you okay. asked me. It's a baseball player. This is really random. This is the only one I, there's only one that I know, and I wrote it down. But Gaylord Perry. He's the only okay. one I can think of. He's even older, old Sorry, school. I didn't say it into the mic. Gaylord Perry. Even older, old school than Gaylord Perry. Was a pitcher, though, and randomly... Went to Michigan State University. I only know that because he gave a talk when I was there. He might be deceased now. I have to check that. Um, I don't know. Robin Roberts. Oh. She used to host SportsCenter on ESPN and now she's on Good Morning America. Different Robin Roberts. Different Robin Roberts. So, I'm going to check and see if he's alive. Uh, name a song that you really like because we could add, you know, our guy that puts these things together. We, use, we have kind of a couple of standard cuts. Is there? Would you like a little aviche? This is this is the opening day edition. We gotta keep we gotta keep the energy. Nobody does opening day like St. Louis, Charlie. Did you hear that before in your life? I have heard that. First of all, it's not aviche like ceviche, which I think is a type of seafood you eat down in Miami. It's aviche. Now, for of course the YouTube version, which I call Marlo and Martin, we're gonna have my neighbor again, Taylor Strife. Actually, if you're listening to this, you've already heard and seen his beautiful rendition of "Here Comes the King." to get you ready for opening day. But Avicii, yes, is always good music to get you going into a podcast. Was that a year ago that it was the actual opening day, for the, not the April date, but the one when they actually played like in July that you did that? You went over and like knocked on your neighbor's door and said, hey, buddy, I know you play the organ. Do you mind uh, giving me some hits on YouTube and Twitter by playing? Okay. Wasn't it the Cards home opener? I think, first of all, he played it himself. And then I went over because he posted it on social media and I said hey can I get video of you doing that I'm not sure but I think he actually played it on the day the Cardinals were supposed to start the season in April and this was an homage to hey baseball's not here but it will be and also unfortunately Robin Roberts passed away May 6th 2010 but I saw him recently well I saw him in probably 2006 2007 so he was still kicking it feels like a Fred time story was Fred like that's the great Robin Roberts I've known him for years Fred loves baseball so much that if Robin Roberts was giving a speech Fred was going to be there we were going to cover it can I say nobody loves baseball more than Whitey Herzog all right so you and I were at his house getting some uh interview clips for our opening day coverage and he's talking about plays from 1952 and I was like holy crap like and I basically I said how do you remember this and then I felt better when he said well there's some days I can't find my keys for two hours I'm like okay now I feel better but he is unbelievably tuned in to the current game the modern players 
you know, we were done. We're talking on his porch, and he had a take on Matt Carpenter's, you know, batting stance and how he can improve his hitting game. And this guy's going to be 90. And I did everything he said made sense. Like, usually somebody's, like, pushing 90, like, okay, yeah, good one. Yeah, we'll, we'll sure and be sure and pass that one along. Doesn't it seem like everything he said was dead on? Yeah, also a big fan of Harrison Bader, definitely. Um, no, just kidding there. What was funny, though, was we do the interview, and I'm sure we're going to play it all over Fox 2, opening day, and we'll go longer on the weekend and all that. I'm sure it'll end up on YouTube. And Whitey was fantastic, and he gave, gave great info. And then the second the camera stopped rolling, then you got some of the real opinions, some of the real takes with some more colorful language, and he just wanted to sit there and talk baseball. You could tell he wanted to sit there and talk baseball with us all day long. I mean, we both had to get back to the station, but I, it killed me because – I, Mary Lou, the great Mary Lou, is inside, and I ran in to grab a chair because we're very rude. We just take over people's houses and do whatever we want. And she said, Martin, when will this run? And I'm like, um, well, Charlie will post it on YouTube. I'll probably run a bite at five and maybe more on Sunday. But I was thinking, if we didn't have to leave, we probably would have just – and they're both vaccinated, he and Mary Lou. We would have just probably had like a 12-pack and told stories for like hours because his memory – and his opening day memories of, of himself – Got his first big league hit, I think he said it was in Cleveland, in his first game with the Washington Senators. And, of course, his only white he could say, I'm like, well, it's not going to be a false. Well, I played for the Senators, and I was used to not having anybody there. I mean, he's just got so many zingers. And then he said, the second year I'm in the big leagues, I was out there and I caught the ceremonial first pitch from Dwight D. Eisenhower, the president. And he goes, I still got the ball down in the basement. I mean, unbelievable. And a week before, I interviewed Tony La Russa, the former Cardinals manager. And we talked about it, and people who heard the podcast, I sort of explained it at the beginning because he was kind of in a hurry. And we talked about it for, like, weeks when the best time to do it was. So it was the opposite. Like, Whitey wanted to sit there for hours. Tony was in a hurry. And I was like, oh, shit, man. I wanted, like, all of March to do this. And I even went through the, the White Sox PR guy, Proper Channels, and he writes back. He goes, hey, thanks so much. I talked to Tony. He says, just text him directly. And I'm like, all right, I was trying to do it the right way. Thinking maybe, you know, Tony would say, yeah, I got to go with proper channels, man. So it took a while to get it set up. And then he says, how about Thursday at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., whatever. I said, okay, fine. I realized that morning it was game day. Like it was the first Sox, his first game back in 10 years. I'm like, oh, man. But I didn't, I just left it alone. I'm like, this is the time we agreed upon. I'm about to set up the Zoom. I'm literally at the desktop at home just sitting there and my phone, and it's, it's him. And he says, Game day, man. We're going to have to keep this moving. I'm like, oh, totally the opposite. And you can feel when you're interviewing somebody, like, time to wrap it up, right? Like, Whitey today, we, we could have sat there for hours. He didn't have a ball game to manage like Tony did. But you can always tell, can't you, when somebody – I mean, if they look at their watch, you're really screwed. But it's just that like, – he gave me some great answers. It was great to catch up with him. But I could just tell he's like, ball games and – and I want to say, it's in 10 hours. The game's in 10 hours. You got time. Yeah, his first game, though. I understand. And I say this with love. I appreciate him doing it. Right. I don't want to sound like an ungrateful person. Eh, you sound a little bit like that. But I say this with love. But when we were talking to Whitey, it reminded me a bit of my grandpa. They're about the same age. Whitey's about to be 90. My grandpa's either 92 or 93. But when, when you're older like that, 
you probably get kind of lonely. And especially during COVID, if you're not able to get out and about very much, I'm sure Whitey is really looking forward to getting back to Bush Stadium and seeing some of his friends and all that. And it just really seemed like, because when I, when I talk to my grandpa now, years ago, he'd, he'd hang up in like a minute. And now he really wants to talk. I think he's lonely. And during COVID, he's kind of sitting there and looking out the window and looking at squirrels and birds. And when I talk to him, he's really into it. And, and Whitey, I think, was having a fantastic time just talking ball with us. And he's, I watched so many damn movies. Like the last year, <laughs> hasn't been able to go to games. And what he's great at is he, he just, he's so blunt. Okay, And he, he was this way when he was the manager. And even about his own playing career, he would be really, you know, extremely honest. But I remember in these, you know, Cardinal Hall of Fame, like on the ballot for the red ribbon ballot, we would sit in a room. I had no business being in the room. And we would talk about certain players. You know, would they be good? Should they be on the ballot? You know, before we all take a little vote here. And he would get up and say, well, I'll tell you about This guy could really hit the ball. He's great. And you're like, oh, this is quite the review. This is, I'm starting to like make notes like this guy belongs. Like, Probably one of the worst defenders I've ever seen. <laughs> and you're like, and everybody in the room kind of looks at each other and just starts laughing because he has a way that kills somebody. But it's funny when Whitey kills him. Well, today, he was talking about how players this – was, this was after we were rolling, which was mostly the best stuff. But he said about how, how players sometimes you need to change the scenery. And he said even Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan just didn't fit in as well in New York, he thought. And it was better for him to pitch in Texas near his hometown. And that's just kind of where he – fit in he said there were there were guys that didn't fit in in Chicago and he mentioned back in the day if you were playing for the Cubs and if you have to play all these day games and, and Whitey said yeah if you're in the bars you know until 2 a.m in the morning you wake up and you're you're sweating the next day I mean it's just hilarious though because it's probably true there are a lot of guys who are drinking all night and then you got day games all the time and they're out there half hung over but it's just it's fantastic to hear stories like that from somebody who lived it I mean and is, is in the Hall of Fame well, like old school baseball, the GM probably was about to make a trade to get a player for the Cubs. Like, ask the other GM, you know, is he a big drinker? You like, you probably ask that kind of. Now you'd get sued for asking, but he's 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 one hundred percent. I'm telling you, dead on with his. I Matt Carpenter might want to talk to him. I, what he was saying about where he should be in the box, it didn't it didn't sound crazy at all. By the way, everybody's ripping on Matt Carpenter. He draws the walk, and a couple. Just borderline pitches right there, upper quadrant, one in, one out. He took, and we know sometimes Matt Carpenter takes too many pitches with two strikes, but a couple confident takes. Matt Carpenter, remember, at this point, it's a 0-0 game, and both pitchers are dealing, Flaherty and Lopez. And Carpenter draws the walk. Next thing you know, Yachty hits a two-run homer, and all of a sudden, boom, seven-zip game. But Matt Carpenter contributed. For all the haters out there, and there are a lot on Twitter, Matt Carpenter started that. Martin and Marlowe, or the YouTube version, which is Marlowe and Martin, which is way more popular. Episode 36 brought to you by our fine friends. They're kind of our fine friends. Are they the fine folks or the fine friends? They're both. They're both. Marie Davila Senior Living, the corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Red Shane needs to live there for years. There's also on the board and helped develop things out there. Beautiful campus, 60 acres. MarieDavilla.com is where you can take a virtual tour. Thinking about your senior years, assisted living, private villas, you name it, they have it, and just great people. The red fountains flowing out there for the beginning of Cardinal season, always festive at Marie de Villa. Triad Bank, based in St. Louis, started here in 2005, five-star rated bank, working in St. Louis for folks who have business 
in St. Louis. Don't wait for somebody to make a call to New York or L.A. to see if they can get that done. It's done here. That's what Triad Bank's about. Located in Frontenac on Clayton Road, just west of Lindbergh, triadbanking.com is their website. And appliance discounters. Charlie's bought many items there, mm-hmm. many sides. And uh, I bought. I have bought? No, I can't say that. Purchased? Gosh, I have to take. We're going to delete all this. CBC's going to want the diploma back. I have purchased many items there. Appliance discounters, well aware of all the cannots that the other appliance guys are telling you about when you're in need of an appliance right away. At Appliance Discounters, they want to make your life easier, offering a full, in-stock, 40,000-square-foot warehouse. It's full of GE appliances. Times are difficult enough. You don't want to wait two, three months for that appliance when you can get it in just a couple of days. Lowest price, GE rebates, great service, and in-stock only at Appliance Discounters. Shop any of their showrooms or online, theappliancediscounters.com. As always, our savings are your savings. And the Marlowe Moments are brought to you by... Corner Butcher in Fenton just had some filet that I grilled over the weekend from Kiner Butcher in Fenton, 2099 Bentley Plaza Drive. Just go there. They have everything. They have things you wouldn't even think of, like bread, like seafood, obviously everything for your summer grilling season. But check it out. Even hummus. They have the best hummus. They have the Boar's Head Partnership, meats and cheeses. Okay, so Corner Butcher in Fenton, 2099 Bentley Plaza Drive. We have Tim Jankerson and his trilogy of companies. St. Louis Lawn Care, they do a great job. Came by, put some sod down for me as well. You have LawnCube.com from Tim Jankerson, which is subscription-based DIY lawn service. Just launched this spring. STLMowerRepair.com. That's St. Louis Equipment. Martin, I believe you've used them. Fix my mower. To fix your mower right there. And then, of course, Kennelwood Pet Resorts. We took Otis to Kennelwood this past weekend. Because did, we report, had- did he get a report card? He did, and he did a great job. He got an A-plus, of course. We had a, a guy at our house kind of working on some things. We said, you know what, let's take Otis so he doesn't bother this guy. And also, Otis needed a groom and the nails filed, and he got to play at day camp where they get all their playing and running around in, and then they come back, and they're all chilled out for you. That's what Kennelwood Pet Resorts can do for you and your pet. You think Otis goes there, and he's got a little cigarette, and he's in the corner going, yeah, they used to love me, and... Then the baby came along, and now they, they ship me off. Next thing you know, I'm going to be at boarding school. You think that really happens? 100%. This <laughs> is a thing where, and I think this happens with everybody. You have your dog. You don't have any kids. You take pictures with your dog. You get your dog a Halloween costume. On Christmas, you get him a Santa beard, all this stupid stuff. You take all these pictures. The second you have a kid, your dog, we still love Otis. Don't get me wrong. But he's now a dog. And so several times now. What was it, he before? Well, he's kind of like your kid at that point. Several times, though, when Otis will go nuts sometimes and maybe wake up the baby, myself and my wife will both say, let's get rid of him. But we don't really we don't really mean that. It's just it's just in the emotion and it's in the heat of the moment. We love Otis. Oh, Otis days. are. I think his days are numbered. Not going to lie. All right. Opening day. A lot of fun. A little pomp. A little circumstance. Colton Wong coming back. And it's sort of cool how it works out that it's Milwaukee in the home opener, and he's their leadoff hitter, so he's the first guy coming up. I mean, maybe they introduced the whole roster, so he might be introduced before that. But looking forward to it. Among the – I think we might have done this, like our favorite Cardinal players. Did we do this? might have been episode like 12 or 13, and I'm kidding. I don't remember. But have we already talked about our favorite Cardinals? Favorite like to deal Cardinals? To deal with. Oh, okay. Of all time. Like I would say Cold Wong is right up there Definitely. in terms of being – just polite, and everybody's like, I don't care about the media. But just 
professional in how he went up. I mean, Carlos Beltran's on that list. There's a Wainwright's great, but I, I'm I'm excited to see Colton Wong coming back, and it's fitting that he gets that first at bat. I think it's fair to say because Colton Wong was here about was it seven or eight years, whatever it was, that in his time here, he was probably the best guy for the media. And I say that because now Wainwright is always fantastic, but as a starting pitcher, you're not playing every day. So in terms of going to the clubhouse from a media standpoint, and if you need to interview somebody, Colton Wong as an everyday player, who is a a pretty dang good player, back-to-back gold gloves, he was always there to be professional and give you a good answer. And he didn't just go through the motions. So yes, I I think anybody in the media the last decade or so absolutely loved Colton Wong for so many reasons. We watched him grow up, but yes, the consummate professional. Did I read it wrong, or do you think Nick Castellanos, Nicholas, whatever you prefer, diffused it a little bit by his praise of Yachty? Like in the postgame, it's an incredible quote where he said, man, that dude could have punched me in the face, meaning Molina, and said, I still would have asked for an autographed jersey. He's not on par with Niger Morgan or Brandon Phillips. So, like – I mean, he did the mean mug and the flex and all that. Do you think – now, Cardinal players probably will remember it for a while. Do you think this ignited, maybe not to the level of Johnny Cueto and kicking people, but did his comments diffuse it at all, or do you think it's game on? His comments diffused it for reasonable, rational people, and I loved it, by the way. But fans, I think Cardinal fans, are going to hate Nick Castellanos for the rest of his career. Don't you think that's fair? Yeah, for sure. From a baseball standpoint, of course, it's not. And I don't even remember what Niger Morgan did. Okay, but I, mean, I know he always he was, just was mocking them right. and saying that they were overrated and they're babies, which is sort of the same narrative that weather people have in Cincinnati, too. Correct. And I think Niger Morgan, Niger Morgan actually chirped Albert. I got to look that up and see exactly what happened. It pissed off Tony, so that's probably yes. what it was. And obviously, Cueto's a different story because he kicked Carpenter, kicked LaRue, ended Jason LaRue's career. Brandon Phillips, see, I also like Brandon Phillips' style because it's good for business. I understand. Fun. Yeah, I understand if Cardinal fans don't like him. That made those series fun when he called the Cardinals little bitches and all that, and that ignited the whole thing with, with Yachty. I, I think what Nick Castellanos did, I'm not saying I approve of the flex, it was in the moment, though. He had been hit with 93 miles an hour. It was kind of awesome. And again, I get it. If you're a Cardinal fan, you're mad at me. You didn't like it. It's great for the game. It's great for a rivalry. And afterwards, he was pretty cool. Like he said, he was praising Yachty. He was praising Adam Wainwright. And we're going to play, the Cardinals are going to play the Reds 16 more times, whatever it is, and he'll probably be there for a couple years. It's going to make this, this rivalry awesome. It was kind of a dick move, right, when he gets hit and he offers. that That's kind of a tough guy move, which, I, I mean, I probably would have done the same thing. But that obviously upset people, too. And remember, now, Mike Schilt, I also thought this was hilarious. Mike Schilt gave the longest explanation ever about how we don't hit people, but if we did, it would come from me. <laughs> but I've never done that in my what? Is this year four? And I love Mike Schilt. Don't get me wrong. Are you really telling me that Mike Schilt has not ordered one code red since he was a member of the Cardinals? And here's the thing. They all lie. It's it's ridiculous. I'll give him the benefit. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying in baseball, they never say it. Because you'll get fined. But here's the thing. Now, technically, he might be right. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. In a clubhouse that gets it, Mike Schilt probably never has to say plunk this guy because the leaders and and the pitchers in there know, hey, our guy got hit. We got to go plunk their guy. 
The manager probably doesn't have to actually say that, but to act like in the last three years or so, the Cardinals have never hit anybody on purpose is just absolutely ridiculous. But again, this makes everything more fun. Can I give a shout out, a non-sponsor, but a guy named Mr. Metal? This this is not like a professional wrestler. Remember the story the Amazon guy ran our mailbox over and then kept going? That was December 22nd. And we were going around. Yeah, going around with Yeah, we got a damn package delivered by Amazon. They knocked over the mailbox. Filled out all these forms, had to take pictures, had to get bids. Like, I don't know how to fix it. Let's be honest. And so now it's like middle of January, mailbox laying on the ground, like just laying there. Laying. And then the post office puts a note in our mailbox. You have like 30 days to get it fixed. I call some people and say, hey, do you know? And they're like, uh, can you take it out of the ground? We could probably weld it. I'm like, it's just a pain in the ass. So finally I call like a different number and a different number, and then they call back, and then they say, we're so sorry. I've talked to like 10 people, and nothing ever happened. So my wife gets on the Nextdoor app and types in, fix a mailbox, needs to be welded. Because like some people I know and that I like, they're like, ah, we don't have any way to weld it on site. You'd have to bring it to our warehouse and blah, blah. So this woman says, you need to call Mr. Metal. I get this number. I text him. The next day, he fixes the damn mailbox. And it's been sitting there for three months. And I'm thinking, do I go on Twitter? I want to shame Amazon. I know they don't give two shits. But they didn't do anything. They had to fill out forms. They said, you need to talk to so-and-so. And then somebody emailed, somebody called. Absolute bullshit. And I'm sure my wife still orders from Amazon. I would stop. I've never ordered anything from Amazon. I'm probably the only one left in America. But should I shame them on Twitter or will I, will I fear the wrath of Amazon? So they never even gave you any money nope. for it? Nope. They've ne- they said, oh, that claim, are you sure? Well, it looks like that claim's been resolved. I said, it was never resolved. Who did you talk to? I said, here's the person. Here's the email. Here's the phone number. It was Camden, New Jersey. I talked to Susie. I talked to Betty. Okay, we're going to refer you to one of our experts. And then a lady called me back from India and said, oh, we're going to refer you to one of our experts. And then somebody from Seattle emails me. Nothing has happened. What can you do? Call, go to Jeff Bezos at home? Do you think it's come to that? I seriously am pissed off. I'm like, huge, massive company. And it's three months later, and Mr. Frickin' Metal saved the day. He pulls up in his truck, and on the side it says, Mr. Metal. Okay, here's what you I have to this. do. He's my new favorite guy. Here's what you have to do, though. You have to play the media card. You have to go on Twitter. You have to tweet, and then we'll all do this with you. You'll tweet at Amazon, tell them what happened, and make sure you tag them, and, and you have a pretty good following. Then we'll all get on board and basically say, Amazon, if you don't take care of Martin Kilcoin, yeah. we're all going to boycott you. Let's do a little cancel culture here. Oh, yeah. And that'll probably put them out of business. I mean, it'll put a big dent in this business for sure. It's unbelievable. But out of all of that, I did get to meet a guy named Mr. Metal who did a great job. Uh, Last one. This is a great nugget. Stumbled into it the other night because they said, oh, Baylor wins the national championship. It's the state of Texas' second ever. I'm like, oh, my God. I kind of just thought Houston may have won one somewhere. Maybe Texas won one in the 50s or something. Second for the state, Texas Western was the original in 1966 so they started looking at it It it's kind of fun illinois only has one the whole state and it was loyola in 1963 state of missouri has none california with ucla has got 15 total kentucky's got 10 it's a great stat that you start thinking about it north carolina nc state two duke five north carolina six the point is there's a lot of states that are way behind indiana the coolest one they have five they're right up there all of them belong to IU. So that's three for Bobby Knight. And then our guy, and two before that, I Branch guess. McCracken, right? I used to go to the McCracken basketball camp. 
back in the day. I believe it was Branch McCracken in the 50s. That sounds right. I think that's the case. That's Ohio. a great little nugget, though. So Ohio would be Ohio Jerry State. Jerry Lucas and those guys in the 60, yeah. And I just saw they actually – didn't they lose the championship game as an undefeated team in 61? Am I wrong on that? I feel like I saw that recently during the tournament. And they might have – like when Loyola won it in 63, it might have been against – was it against Cincinnati? Well, Oscar was, Robertson and Cincinnati won some titles. Okay, I was wondering if they won any titles. Xavier has never won a title, right? I don't think so. Okay. So this is a great little stat, but it actually now makes you want to look it up, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. This is a great segment. Yes, Chuck, happy opening day. Yeah, wear your red, or uh, Grandma Mildred will uh, complain. You were in Cincinnati, and you were wearing some red, but then you could – that's a tough one because people could have been, why is he wearing the colors of the opponent? Well, I actually brought two nice red shirts. I wore them both. When I got there the first night to shoot some stuff, you could, you could see it much better on the night before. It was so freaking cold that you could barely see my red because I had a scarf, I had a black coat. And again, thank you, Cincinnati Reds, for allowing the TV media to sit outside. Because I, I know you have to take care of all the writers, even if you're right for the Dayton Bugle. Thank you for letting me sit outside. I thought you were kidding. Degrees. Did you really? Like you're hundred percent. Like how is that? What does that mean? Like your seats outside, Martin? I don't understand. Like so you texted me that, and I was like, "Well, no. so you had a pass to get in, but didn't have a seat inside." Well, they had a nice outdoor seating, as if it was the World Series. For people who don't know, when you get to the World Series and the NLCS, they have auxiliary media seating outside, usually in a suite. Or whatever it is. So we had a table. We had everything set up for your electronics and all that. But you're outside. And it was about 37 degrees. And I was carrying a lot of gear as well. So when I carried it, I didn't at first bring my scarf. I didn't bring a winter hat. I also had like a thermal shirt. But I already got in there. And I'm like, I'm not walking back. It was freaking freezing. You should have texted Mo and said, can I borrow a scarf? I should have actually done that. He might have brought brought one down. Or a, puff, been, a puffy vest. That would have been a good story, actually. I bet you he would have maybe helped He would have found something for yeah. you. One of the spring trainings, one of the years running around, I had an old hat from spring training. And he said, how old is that hat? And I said, oh, it's like seven or eight. He goes, it's falling apart. And I go, oh, I kind of like it. He comes out of the satellite truck and gave me a brand new one. That's the move. I also saw you did a promo, right, where you had some very generic Cardinals uh, hats and uh, jerseys, right, and a bat? Oh, yes. Like Zach It's Eckstein. Uh, it's for Fox Network. And I go, what do they want? I, I don't. I have no idea what it is. But, hey, great segment, great opening day. Uh, happy 36th Marlowe and Martin. Happy Redbird season. Real quick, hate to be a buzzkill. I predict the Cardinals actually lose on opening day. Oh. But you have them winning 91 for the season. I'm at 90. I believe that was from episode 35 for those of you monitoring it closely. All right, talk to you next week.